Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, I think in interviewing these guys, one of the things they all talked about was bad intentions. You know, just just making sure you you try to stay in your zone uh, and swing the bat with bad intentions. And um, that's just so, you know, when, when you do that and you stay in the strike zone and you have the, the ability that we have, you're going to put the ball in the seats. Um but they, they all have great skill set, these coaches, these hitting coaches. They all have a lot of experience. The most important thing for me is that they understand how hard this game is. They understand how hard uh, it is to hit the type of pitching that we're facing every night. And they got great instincts. They got great instincts to communicate and to motivate, uh, which is extremely important in this game. That is the brand-new White Sox manager, Pedro Griffal, talking about his coaching staff. And the coaching staff is an intriguing one to me, a baseball human. To you, Adam Hogue, White Sox fan. To our guest, James Fegan, the White Sox reporter and writer over at The Athletic, who joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And the, 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 the composition of the White Sox coaching staff ought to be very interesting to the White Sox fans because they're being asked to coach up essentially the same core and change the results based on approach and based on work ethic and some new information and a new attitude. So how's that going? Let's ask James Fegan, who joins us right now and wrote today about the White Sox new hitting coaches. How many do they have? Two and a half? Is that what you've decided on is the official number, James? Uh, Pedro has said that the number is two and a half. Um, I don't know if it's like a King Samson situation with Mike Tozar, but the that, that, that's, that's, the, that's the figure they're rolling with. Okay, because they have a hitting coach, they have an assistant hitting coach, and the hitting coach comes from outside the organization. The assistant hitting coach is rising up through the White Sox, and Mike Tozar, who you said, is the, is the field coordinator, has a hitting coach background. What did you learn about that consortium as you did the research for this article today? Uh, that they're already meeting in Florida uh, on a, at least a weekly basis. Uh, basically, Mike Tozar has Oscar Colas and Romeo Gonzalez like working out and doing cage sessions at his house three times a week and you know regularly Jose Castro comes by and you know when he can make the 90 minute drive Chris Johnson's there too so they've kind of already been you know caucusing to to uh you know map out their offensive strategy for the spring training. James I just in reading what you've written and kind of what we've heard so far it does seem like Pedro Grafal has more of a how do you put it just a 
more in-depth process to how different pitchers are going to pitch you differently and attacking it more of a almost a matchup standpoint rather than just like you know go out there and do what you do as a hitter and what you're good at to put it simply does 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 that make sense um i mean i would say Tony Russo is as uh you know obsessive about matchups to you know a literal fault because that's kind of the root of the one two count situation thing but i i would say that you know, a lot of you talk to hitting coaches is about like we need to distill down the info into, you know, very simple takeaways. Uh, and this Pedro is very much like the pay- players need to know the information level themselves. They need to know what uh, 16 inches of run on a fastball means so that when we tell them this guy is that they can thus translate it to, you know, it's going to get on you more. It's going to have a bit more ride rather than kind of shielding players off uh, from that level of information, which is something that, you know, more than just, you know, the oldest school organizations do. It's the, you know, legitimate, legitimate, you know, discussion about how useful it is or how much players should know, how much they should take in. But Pedro is very much like we all need to kind of talk at this level of analytical baseline knowledge. And that's something he's, you know, kind of pressed upon his coaches to be part of. Yeah, that's a very individualized thing. I remember when Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer were kind of instilling that mindset and it didn't really help Kyle Schwarber. To think about all of that, you know, and like, and they, they went years trying to figure out the way to lock it in and then kind of gave up on him and off he went. Like, there, there are going to be some hitters that don't respond to the expectation of having all that knowledge or, or, or respond to the ability of being able to transfer that knowledge into results. That's, that's going to be hit and miss with some guys on this team. Uh, it's something that they know is going to be a bigger adjustment with some and smaller with others. I mean, I could say just offhand, I had a conversation with Luis Roberts at the start of last season where he said, like, hey, I came up – when I came up playing in Cuba, I knew what they threw and how hard it was, and then I rolled in the game and I saw it, and that's how I adjusted. So I think he'd be the, you know, example when I adjust because of how talented it is, but also the approach he came up with of how you see how – you'd be interested to see how he adjusts this. Does this unlock a new level for him, or does he wind up kind of going back to what he's been doing and, you know, we see how he develops over the course of – normal timeline i i think he's he's probably interesting test case of that but i think he's not alone in that i I know you know alloy has had to you know someone who's just so good so talented so brilliant making adjustments at the lower levels that he's had to go through a lot of of maturation with his approach over the years would this this be something that continues it or is this something that's a little bit beyond what he's doing the big talents in this organization i think could could benefit a lot from this if it turns out that it's worse for them see this stuff is interesting to me because of what we talked about how like you know they're expected to make changes with with guys based on this stuff so so some of it is the analytical knowledge that's going to be expected some of it is the way they're going to talk i like the point where castro said look we're going to talk and then one of us is going to get the message to the player it's not going to be a lot of different voices and that's a that's a good goal and then this, I'll just read it from James Fegan's article. The prescribed remedy is making hitters' meetings and batting cage sessions just as intricate and challenging as the game itself, if that's possible, and keeping a whole roster convinced that there's a breakthrough on the other side of it. Man, that's big. Like, you're asking, you're asking guys to buy in to, to a lot their process and information, and you're asking a lot of trust. Are, are the players going to be open to it? I would think that this is the coming off the type of season where you have as much open to, uh, you know, changes or open to the idea that we need to do something to get to the next level as you're going to get. But yeah, it remains to be seen. There are certainly guys who, you know, just take low speed batting practice or get a couple flips and that's how they're used to getting the swing right. And these guys are going to be coming in and 
I, I certainly think that they're going to try to be cognizant of what guys have been doing before, but they're also talking about we're going to hit high velocity off the machine and you're going to see exactly what is going to be thrown tonight. That's not going to be all about just getting loose and feeling comfortable, but getting you actually prepped for what you're going to see. I, I think it's, it's definitely a, picking one side of a debate about what's more important. Is it just making guys comfortable and letting athletes be athletes? Or it's about like, hey, you need to prepare for what you're going to see. Because I think last year's performance, they don't really have a leg to stand on to say like, hey, we can adjust mid-game and we'll be fine. We, we saw too many quick three innings of, of not much doing and not much traffic on the bases to really say that's the way to go with this team. All right, James. Well, you know these guys. You, I mean – None of us can really say how it'll turn out if these improvements will actually help the guys on the roster. But I guess how much are you are you, in, are you buying the internal improvement that is possible versus like, hey, you still got to go out and get different players too. Huh. Well, yeah, I, I think right now you can. I would say I definitely buy into the idea that you can internally prove this core and get back to what they were in 2021. Like this is a team that's talented enough just as it is right now to win the division or even be favored to win the division if they hadn't kind of produced so much skepticism last year. I, I think it's that caliber team, but I think that how much does that really get us beyond to where we were at the end of the 2021 season where it's like this team is good, but it needs another like, you know, sonic leap to really catch up with the Astros and the true World Series contenders of the league that I'm, I'm much more skeptical on. And I don't think I'll be doing any predicting to them to win a world series as things currently stand. I, I, I think their talent level is probably still uh, a notch or two below where I'm not going to give that much grace. The idea of you can just coach this core up and it'll, it'll be a world series contender. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's about where my fault line is for it. Mm, yeah. Cause Adam's wondering like, are they done? Like is second base going to be something that is fought for internally? Is right field something that's going to be handed to Oscar Colas as his job to lose and or fought for internally? Do you get the sense, is there more position players coming or you think we're here? Uh, I wouldn't rule out anything being done, but I think the biggest dominoes have already dropped. I think they already kind of picked the lane of, you know, are we going to spread our budget towards between evenly between the two spots? Or are we going to go out and pay market price for uh, a corner out there, a left fielder um, on, on the open market? And they, they clearly chose the latter at this point. You know, they've been talking it up about second baseman and trades. I would say like, oh, it's just Roman Gonzalez now. But uh, I, I don't think that's something on the on the level of Andrew Benatendi is coming to that level. And I think they've been pretty clear since even the GM meetings that Oscar Colas is more or less going to be given a more or less free runway to take over the right field job, if not on opening day. So I'm certainly not envisioning anything significant putting there to block him at any point, because I, I think that's their plan to have a very cost controlled right fielder for years to come. Mm-hmm. James, things got so bad last year that I, I almost wondered if they had to trade one of these players from the core in order to, I don't know, just reallocate, talent to a different position or just reallocate vibes to that too. <laughs> Do you sense that being on the table at all? Or are they, are they like really married to these guys that they really put together in this core? I think that was considered. Um, I, I think they've moved beyond that. They, they've The rationale that's been given to me is that we try to look at, um, how do we get back as soon as possible? Not like this broad reshaping to absolutely like what's our best chance at a title over the next you know 20 years as it happens involved reimagining this core, but how do we get them back to the playoffs next year? And they thought that the soonest and the quickest way to do that was basically to recoup the value of the, you know, the investments they've already made in all these guys as long-term pieces and get them back to where they think they are rather than trying to 
you know, completely break things apart, start all over again, and also sell everybody a low value um, as a result of that. So I think the major reshuffling of the core beyond, you know, the franchise player walking out the door, uh, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, right. Beyond the the franchise player and the best hitter and the heart and soul of the locker room, beyond him walking out the door. That aside, she- <laughs> you know, nothing to it. <laughs> it is, it's, it's quite something, you know? I, I mean, did, did his market have anything to do with it, or was it just they kind of decided it was time? Have you gotten anywhere on the truth of uh, the possible offer that, uh, that Jose Abreu was made? I think the roster situation was always set up to where this was, um, you know, kind of the plan and what they thought expected to be. I think the market maybe made it with an exclamation point in the sense like the, there's no way that they were kind of dedicating you know, the lion's share of their offseason budget just to retaining this kind of roster mix that they already didn't really feel like it worked. Hmm. Uh, but I, I, I sure, like if Jose Abreu like literally, you know, said, I'll work for free, then how do you turn down like an elite bat? But I, I don't think that they thought there was any reasonable measure where he wouldn't get something, you know, pretty high level. And, thus, you know, then the free agent market taking off and being even more expensive than people maybe envisioned just, you know, was just an exclamation point. James, who makes sense as a second baseman? I mean, I, does it make sense to bring Elvis Andrews back? And is, I don't know. That just, I, I, I love that guy. I mean, I mean, it makes sense to me, but it also doesn't excite me at the same time. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Um. I mean, uh, some of the idea behind, like, seeing if the Mets wanted to move Eduardo Escobar is that at least he's a switch hitter and that, like, uh, contributes to some of your handedness and also he brings home run power, which is something, you know, the lineup shouldn't lack, but, you know, lacked last year with he's uh, a low on base guy. And, you know, there's, there's some elements of his game that seem to be uh, open to decline. I think something of that vein that would increase your left handedness would be uh, part of it. That's why Colton Wong, I thought, was, was something that made sense early this season. Yeah. But, I don't think there's a huge difference maker uh, on the market or, you know, up for sale really at this point. Elvis Andrews, certainly, yeah, if you add them and make the team better, make the team deeper. Um, I just don't know uh, if they're going to offer him something that's more beyond what he would get from a team to be a good stopgap starting shortstop, which I think he showed he could be for somebody uh, all throughout the last month of last season. Boy, Eduardo Escobar is both the, has a little bit of that one that got away thing because he was here for 10 minutes. Um, and also, he's a beloved clubhouse guy, like absolutely beloved there, and really everywhere um, he's been. That's 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 an interesting name. I, I mean, why would they why would they give him up? They they would just rather pay him as their their twenty fifth guy. You know, I mean, like they didn't. Uh, you know, I I would think. Or is there some glut there that I'm not uh, understanding? Well, there'd be glut there if you know they had Carlos Correa as the third baseman and not you know voided for physical issues. So that that could be part of holding up that situation as far as seeing how they're going to reshuffle their infield. But if go. they do bring him on, then they got uh, McNeil, Lindor, and Correa. That theoretically, if it's all him and uh, Luis Guillorme, if I'm pronouncing his name right, you know, those are both guys that people are looking for the Mets to possibly move if you know that that shuffle actually occurs. But we're all we're all waiting for news on that at this point. Yeah, amazing. Um, James Fegan of the Athletic is with us. Uh, we had an exchange a couple of weeks ago that uh, made me smile for a couple of days. Um, you wished Carlos Rodon well in New York and suggested, if if memory serves, that you know he's going to have to shave the facial hair because that's how it rolls there, especially the beard. But you wanted the jersey to remain open. You wanted at least the top mm. button because he's been consistently what a three button open guy. For for his recent career, James, 
Definitely in the time I've covered him, especially when he like came back from injury first time, I, I noticed that about him when he was like really letting it hang loose as that was part of it. And I, you know, became so amused by it because he's not like a guy from like a cold weather city. He lives in Indiana now, but like the idea that he was just going to pitch with his, like, his shirt open and like no sleeves uh, in 30 degree weather, that there was this time that he was doing it. And I just like took a picture of it because like the weather was like on the, I took a screenshot of it because like the graphic of the temperature was right next to it. And like, 38 degrees. And I thought like, this is just so him. And that wound up being the night he threw the no hitter. So I thought that was just like a, such a perfect night of his identity that like, yeah, that's, that's gotta live on. Like as much as like, I know White Sox fans don't want to hear it. The idea of like a playoff game and like Allison chains blaring at Yankee stadium and Carlos Ron coming out. Like ah. that, that, that sounds like a great moment for him that I hope he gets it. Yes. And, and, and I, I think I said something like, Oh, this is such a fan tweet and I love you for it. And you said team vibes, Team fan vibes die, but player vibes are forever. Which is a I be- feel that right? Don't yeah. don't you feel that? Like you grow up a fan of a team and then you end up covering a team. The team fan vibes die, but the player vibes are forever. So if Rodon is the starting pitcher on the all vibes team for James Fegan, who else is on that team? Who else makes makes the roster or the lineup or even just grabs some bench on the all vibes team for James? Well, it's funny because like I thought Carlos like was like grumpy the first couple of years I covered him. And then once I saw that he was just so mad at himself for being hurt and so kind of frustrated. And I was like, Oh, you, you're just really hard on yourself. I can, I can sympathize. I can empathize with that. That's me. Like that, that's when I really <laughs> felt like I understood him. Uh, I mean, Lance Lynn, I feel like is an easy all vibes guy. We're just talking about angry, hairy guys on the mound. I, I think he's probably central casting for that. Um, I, I, I don't know. Any, anybody who kind of, seems like they're ready to fight to some degree while fishing <laughs> is, is usually a good fit. That's Liam That's Hendricks, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so if Carlos Rodon is a three-button guy, yeah. then is Eloy four? Five? I mean, how, I, how I many buttons are there? I feel like Eloy's just coming out opening day and just, just going to be the first player to just not have a button jersey. Just <laughs> let it all open. Yeah, just like uh, you know, like summer vacation type of a uh, you know, kind of a loose fitting like vest that he just wears over or jersey that yeah. chains out. I like That'd that. I like that with the, with the tank top underneath. You know, or it, someday somebody's gonna go with the old LA the old LA gang style where you get just get the top button going and no oh. other and no other buttons. You get the reversal in there. That's that's how I like to roll it, especially because it gets a little tight around the midsection. For a man like me. Uh, James, thank you so much. Have a wonderful uh, New Year. And um, thanks for uh, playing our silly games and, and having our silly conversations. Enjoy your day. Well, never again in 2022, but maybe next year. <laughs> okay. I understand. You know what? That's it. We're not asking. That's it. Vegan's <laughs> done. Gone. That's right. It's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, you feel that? The play, like team vibes go away, but player vibes are forever. I yeah. feel that. Yeah, especially the team vibes going away part. With the White Sox. Yeah. Yeah. It had, There's not many vibes left. Oh, man. It's so brutal. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, it was a double gut punch these past couple years, right? It's a way. It, 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 like when I think about, because the first LaRusse year, team's good. But you start realizing midway through the year, team's not good enough. And then they get drummed out of the playoffs and you're like, team's really not good enough and not well-managed enough, not well-run enough. Let's have a great offseason and fix this. And they didn't fix it. Yeah, I think in this city, nine out of ten coaches or like regime changes or anything, you end up with some type of honeymoon phase, 
with some ex- exceptions, like the Jim Boylan thing, or mm. maybe even Jeremy Colleton. More, more re- um, naming a lot of recent coaches. Wow. So maybe it's not that much. But with Tony, it was like I don't know. You just had a whole fan base that right away was like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. This isn't going to go well. And to me, it was actually the Your Mean Mercedes thing that happened early on in that 2021 season. Yes, yes, yes. Where as much as maybe it's justified because he never really became much beyond that, I it's, just it wasn't justified. It, it, it you, 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 you sided with you sided with the opposing manager. It's your and it's your team. It's your division rival. Yes, you justified an opposing team throwing at one of your own guys. Uh huh. I cannot imagine any manager doing that. No, ever. It, it's man. It's it's leadership one hundred and one in any in any sports world. You decided in that moment and made it clear, which we all kind of knew was his mo, and we all feared that his way of playing the game was bigger than what everybody else does and everybody else is doing that was always his vibe and i said he had to be a coattail rider on the culture and within six weeks he had an opportunity to back his team and he did the opposite and he did the opposite and 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 they knew it and they felt it and then they lived in peaceful opposition with him the rest of the way and i didn't think it was an overreaction at the time not that it ever would have happened but it was like i think most Sox fans realized they got to get out of this somehow now, or they're going to lose everything that they've built up with this group and the vibes that they've had and the way they play the game. Wow. It's going to be sucked away, and that's exactly what ended up happening. That's why it was so painful for us. It really was. I mean, that's really what it was. We all saw it before it happened. We saw it while it was happening, yeah. and they didn't do anything until it was way too late, and now we're all worried that they're never going to be able to get it back. And they might not. They might They might have blown their chance. That's what it feels like, right? They might have blown their chance after a long rebuild, and right here in the middle of the window, they might have blown their chance for a vanity selection. They hired an energy vampire who sucked the energy out of the place um, to right a wrong from the owner's past. And all <laughs> after sitting through four years of losing. Yeah. Which I can't think of anything. <laughs> There's certainly rebuilds that have failed, but how many cops are there for a rebuild that like seemingly got all the way there. And then they bungled it that completely. And then they just did something that was so catastrophic to just with one move. With one move, mm. they ruined it all. That's a it's a good question. If anybody can think about their own personal sports history or you know, recent sports history in the last 20, 30 years, a rebuild, because like the full-on investment in a five-year rebuild yeah. that then it's one thing to get close and just not really get over the hump, which so many teams have done, um, and you know, and just kind of like keep scuffling and but they never trying. Even got to the hump because they weren't, even though they seemingly had the roster. I, you think? See, history is gonna. There'll be people who didn't live it, like you lived it and just described, yeah. which is the way that we all experienced it. There's gonna be people who didn't live it, and we'll look down and say, you know, they made the playoffs two years in a row. Right, yeah, they did but, make the playoffs two years in a row. One was a pandemic season, and the other was in a year where everybody realized they were blowing it. And people forget the pandemic season; like they did blow it. Yeah, they did. If it wasn't Down for the expanded stretch. postseason, they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They absolutely. That was just as bad as twenty twelve was. Yeah, or what oh five almost was. With the way that they blew that See, down the stretch. And, and you know what? That's why the whole thing. That's an extra level as to why the whole thing feels that bad. Because Renteria blew it and everybody knew it. It's time to bring in a professional big boy manager. I remember talking with people within the White Sox organization at the time who were like, yeah, look, there's going to be people who miss Rick Renteria 
because they because he's their friend. You want a friend, get a dog. Yeah. I remember somebody saying that to me, like, you know, no, your manager can't be your friend. Okay, let's go get a real manager. And they hired Tony. Ugh. And so, and so that you knew they needed one, and that's what you got. Yeah. And there's certainly rebuilds that fail. Of like, course. Like there's teams that have been rebuilding for decades. But this was a rebuild that seemingly had gotten to that point where mm-hmm. it was working, and then they just hired Time the wrong for coach. the finishing touches. Time for the, the final little bit of excellence. You can text us all show long at 312 644 6767. A couple of good options coming in on that conversation. Still taking your text on sports imposters as uh, inspired by George Santos, the Long Island congressman. Woo, that's quite something. Uh, Will Gottlieb is going to join us from CHGO uh, at 4 o'clock to talk Bulls. And before that, you'll hear an exchange that we had with Bill Wennington uh, yesterday that I wanted to get to. Um, but, uh, Adam, there is a projected trade that sets a backdrop for some big-picture Bears talk that I want to have with you as we think about the offseason to come. So we'll do that next, mixed in with your reaction to everything on Parkinson Spiegel here on The Score. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.